The Cigar Dave Show podcast is presented by Diamond Crown. Sit back, relax, pour a drink, and light up a Diamond Crown as you begin the show with the general, Cigar Dave. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the Cigar City of Tampa, Florida, U.S.A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The Cigar and Pleasure Open, 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. Well, this week, President Donald J. Trump, as Commander-in-Chief, ordered the launch of a giant Moab bomb. Now, it has several acronyms. One of them is Mother of All Betas, which I am not. However... I will proudly lay claim to the title FOA, Father of All Alphas, and as the only show dedicated to the alpha lifestyle, the alpha male, the pursuit of alphaness, I am proud to be an F-O-A-A, FOA, Father of All Alphas. There are no betas here, so we will throw out the mother of all betas term. And we will get set for two hours of absolute alpha pleasure right here, right now. Long-ass greetings and salutations. A long-ass snappy salute. Semper delictatio. Always pleasure. Long live the alpha. Make America great again. The global alpha, global general front and center. Today I have moved command center alpha. Believe it or not, I'm actually conducting broadcast maneuvers from my palatial hotel suite overlooking Chicago O'Hare Airport, where I was up here for the holiday this week. Back to the Alpha Command Center in the Cigar City later today. And actually, while I was here, I found some great barbecue, which I will get to. But as always, don't forget to follow me. Go to CigarDave.com. You can see all of our social media. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I must say, let me pat myself on the five-star shoulder here. I'm doing a far better job of now reaching across all the social media aisles. I gravitate towards Twitter, but I'm doing a much better job of also posting on Facebook as well as Instagram as well. So just go and follow us at CigarDave.com, upper right-hand corner, cannot miss us, as well as all the archives, and download the Cigar Dave mobile app. All right. I always like to start our broadcast maneuvers on a positive note. Even if we've got to deal with the enemies of pleasure and even if we've got to deal with with uh, with negative things being under attack by the government, although I think there's some optimism there. I think there is a, a lot of optimism. One year ago, if we will, would equate the state of the cigar regulatory environment and relate that to a football field, I would have said that at the time we were probably backed up against our own one yard line and literally the defense meaning the government was swarming and we could be uh, looking at a safety at any time and then when donald trump was elected i said you know what i think now we're at midfield 
we had a nice punt out of there. We're in midfield, and now we recovered. And I talked to a cigar industry and two industry executives this week, and as I gave them this analogy, they both agreed with me. They said, General, one said we're on the five-yard line. The other said we're on the three-yard line. So I said, well, great, let's split the difference. We're on the opposing four-yard line. So basically now it is first and goal from the government's four-yard line and with a new Secretary of Health and Human Services, Dr. Tom Price, with a new FDA commissioner who has written pro-cigar commentaries and it believes in less government and, and more private uh, industry and more, more uh, private sector, I believe that there is optimism, far more optimism than there was a year ago. But I always like to start the show on a positive note. And I can think of nothing more positive than to talk about America's oldest living veteran. And not only is Richard Overton, who is 110 years of age, America's oldest living veteran, we have talked about Mr. Overton many times on this show over the last number of years because he's one of us. He is a cigar connoisseur, and I'll tell you what. Fought in World War II, Mr. Overton is an alpha. There's no doubt about it. But this week, actually a week ago yesterday, he was honored where he lives uh, near Austin, Texas. He was uh, the healing garden at the VA Austin Outpatient Clinic in Austin, Texas, was officially named in Richard Overton's honor. He will turn 111 years of age in a few months. Served in the U.S. Air Force, World War II, and they honored him. And what was great about it, he showed up in a very nice suit, looked very good. I'll tell you, the man is spry, 110 going on 111. Can't drive anymore, but uh, has a cane, but still pretty spry. Came in a nice-looking hat, and what I love most, in his suit coat pocket, instead of a handkerchief for a pocket square, he had four premium cigars stuffed in his pocket, ready to smoke. That was That's the first thing I noticed when I looked at the picture. And I said, that is just beautiful. And I can't wait to see one of the enemies of pleasure saying, you know, we honor Mr. Overton at 110 years, soon to be 111. But, you know, have, having those cigars in his pocket, not a good example and, and, and not healthy. Well, it's worked for him. He smoked, what, five, six cigars a day? He also has a little bit of, uh, I think he said a little whiskey every morning, keeps his muscles loose. Hell! It's work for him, and it certainly is work for others. So a beautiful plaque that was placed in the uh, VA outpatient clinic healing garden, nice area where people can sit and, and, and uh, reflect. And the plaque says, Richard Overton Healing Garden, dedicated April 7, 2017, in honor of Mr. Richard A. Overton, the oldest known living veteran in the United States, April 2017, born May 11th, 1906 in Bastrop County, Texas. Served in the U.S. Army from 1942 to 1945, World War II. His lifelong positive attitude is an inspiration for all. And there's a wonderful looking picture of him when he was serving in the armed forces. And Mr. Overton said, it makes me feel proud of myself, not only me, but makes you all proud. I'm glad you all take your time out to take up this much time with me. And on Thursday, a week ago uh, uh, Thursday, the Austin City Council approved a resolution to give the street where Mr. Overton lives in East Austin, Hamilton Avenue, the honorary name of Richard Overton Avenue. Overton built his home on Hamilton 
1945. And last year, his family started a GoFundMe page to raise money to pay for his at-home care. Since then, people have donated more than $168,000. Mr. Overton, a long-ash snappy salute to you, my friend, and to you, sir. We thank you for your service. Many more great, healthy, happy years. Many more years of enjoying great cigars. Very quickly, uh, let's go. Tell you what. I want to get to Don Rickles, but I will get to this story a little bit later on. A very important story about Arturo Fuente cigars. We will get to that. Very, very uh, uh, serious situation occurred with one of their shipments. We'll get to that later this hour. But I do have to honor Don Rickles, and I want to leave plenty of time. We will continue front and center right around the corner. The Global Alpha from the remote theater of operations in the Chicago, Illinois, enemy of pleasure area. If you miss any of the general show, you can catch up anytime with the Cigar Dave mobile app. Presented by Diamond Crown. Listen to the most recent show simply by opening the app with our continuous replay. Or you can download a podcast of a past show. Search Cigar Dave in the App Store to get it. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. The April 2017 Officers Club selection is the Gurkha 125th Anniversary Cigar. It is a fantastic cigar with loads of richness, loads of taste, loads of boldness. It features an oily Cubra Brazilian Habano wrapper accompanied by an Ecuadorian Habano binder and a complex combination of Nicaraguan, Brazilian, Dominican fillers. It is medium to full-bodied, smooth, nice hints of spice and vanilla, just a wonderful cigar. Now, if you are not a member of my Officers Club, what the hell are you waiting for? Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and join. Get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars every single month, $22.95 shipped to you. We've got all sorts of brands and flavor profiles this month, the April 2017 selection. A winner, the Gurkha 125th anniversary. CigarDave.com slash Officers Club. Join now. Well, if that music sounds familiar, that is the Don Rickles theme. Actually, it's La Virgen de la Macarena by Arturo Sandoval. And it's uh, 
appropriate for Don Rickles because this is almost, that song was composed as a bullfight prelude. And when you think about Don Rickles, Mr. Warmth, you knew that was appropriate because he was going to come out and he was going to gore someone, most everyone in the audience. And the way he used to walk out, I can still picture Don Rickles walking out the way he would bring his hands up in the air, the way the Pope used to do it, and have that facial expression. The great Don Rickles, Donald J. Rickles, born May 8, 1926, passed away a week ago, April 6th. 2017 at the age of 90. My all-time absolute favorite comedian, a legend. I remember so many great memories of watching Don Rickles on late night, even during the daytime shows when I was growing up and you had Merv Griffin and you had Dinah Shore, those shows. He would always make appearances, but he really got known for those late-night appearances on The Tonight Show. I think he set a record for the most number of times. And Carson loved having him because it was magic when both of them were on together. But my recollections of Don Rickles, I think, are very personal in that my father and I would always watch Don. If he was on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, we would always watch. And when I was in college, or even after when I moved to Baltimore and then as an adult, obviously, in Tampa... If Don Rickles was on, either he would call me or I would call him. And I would never forget, we'd say, got to watch Rickles. And we would both be in different cities, but watch Don Rickles. And I, st- I knew many of his jokes were repetitive. You know, one of his famous jokes, and he'd do this, it, it was brilliant. He, he would say to whomever, it would be Frank Sinatra, could be to James Kahn, it could be to Martin Scorsese, it could be to the President of the United States. He'd look at him and say, I say this as a friend. It's over. Put him in a home. And everybody would crack up in some of the same lines over and over. But he was just incredibly witty even until the end. And I think the last time I saw Don Rickles, I think it was about two, three months ago, he was on one of the late night shows. And in fact, I think he was on with Jimmy Kimmel. And I remember watching him and at that time, they already brought him out. He was having some trouble uh, walking, so they would... But he, his mind was still sharp, still sharp. But when you go back and watch the YouTube videos, and my friends will tell you this, and my, my family will tell you this, I watch Don Rickles' YouTube videos incessantly. I watch the same ones over and over, and I'm still cracking myself up. He was that funny. Nobody else liked him. And what was amazing, and I've seen him in person three times, is that everybody he picked on, Jewish, Italian, Polish, Puerto Rican, Mexican, black, white, yellow, Republican, Democrat, you name it. Everybody of those ethnic persuasions and religions were lined up to watch him, sold out houses, and everybody loved it. And in an age where we are of in political correctness, where you can't say anything, I mean, you can't say, if, if you look at somebody and say, Good morning. You look so beautiful this morning. (gasps) I'm offended. Everybody is offended. You tell somebody, what a gorgeous day. I'm offended. I I don't think sunny days are gorgeous. Don Rickles stood out. And I pride myself on being much like him in that I'm not politically correct. I say what I mean. If people don't like it, too bad. Tough shiatsu. Don't care. But Don Rickles never did it mean-spirited. It was always funny. And then afterwards would kiss and hug everybody. And what was really amazing at his shows 
is that whoever he would pick up, pick on, and bring up on the stage, because he used to do this Indian bit uh, on a regular basis and have four or five people in the audience playing the skit. It was the same skit over and over, but it always was different because of the people that he brought up on stage. Whoever he picked on or had up on stage, they would always be invited back into his dressing room to have champagne and a drink with him. Class. And everybody said Don Rickles was, you know, they called him Mr. Warmth, and they, they, they had tons of uh, nicknames for him. But they all said at the end, Don Rickles was a mensch. He could pick on you, but be a mensch at the same time. People don't realize that Don Rickles really wanted to be a serious actor. In fact, he went to a very uh, reputable, very esteemed acting school in New York. His first picture was in 1958 with uh, Clark Gable, Run Silent, Run Deep. Big picture. Big motion picture, as they say. Nobody says movies. If you're in Hollywood, it's a motion picture. Kelly's Heroes in 1970 with Clint Eastwood, and he roasted Clint Eastwood uh, a number of years ago at a tribute, a Lifetime Achievement Award tribute, and I will never forget that was a classic. In fact, we're going to post that. In fact, one of the things I'm going to do is there's so many great YouTube videos of Don Rickles' various appearances and roasts, especially on the Dean Martin roast and The Tonight Show. I'm going to compile a list, so we're going to have that later today at CigarDave.com. You'll be able to go on all my favorites. We're going to probably put – I could put 300 of them, but we'll narrow it down to about maybe 20 or so, maybe a little bit more. Had a two-year run in the sitcom CPO Sharky, but really just between his – stand-up appearances and being on The Late Show with uh, David Letterman, The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, and of course subsequently with Jay Leno and Jimmy Kimmel, and uh, just just also did the Mr. Potato Head uh, voice character in Toy Story, won a Primetime Emmy Award for the 2007 documentary Mr. Warmth, The Don Rickles Project, which was excellent. Just an absolute classic. And I'm just uh, looking. Steve, we've got, what, four and a half minutes here. I'll tell you what, we've got time. Jimmy Kimmel did a great tribute to him. Jimmy Kimmel, I didn't realize how close both of them were. Jimmy Kimmel, when I watched, was couldn't, almost couldn't make it through his monologue, was in tears. Here's cut one from Jimmy Kimmel talking about Don Rickles' passing. Well, <laughs> there I go, right. Thank you for coming. It's not going to be our usual show tonight because, and I'm going to tell you right in front, I'm going to cry. I'm already crying, uh, which is embarrassing, but... Uh, uh, well, I'm not good with this sort of thing, and uh, I'm sorry, especially to those of you who came to see the show in person, But because uh, it's probably not what you came for, but we lost someone that we and I love very much today. And again, I'm sorry for hearing this just now for the first time, but Don Rickles passed away this morning, and uh, he was 90 years old, and I know it sounds crazy to say he was, he was too young, but it, he, he was because he was... Uh, youthful and funny and sharp and generous and I, I was fortunate enough to not only have Don on this show as my guest but also to become close to him and his wife Barbara which was a lot of fun for me. Well you could clearly hear in Jimmy Kimmel's voice really distraught and what's amazing is there's more than a, I think Jimmy Kimmel's 45 somewhere in that area and Don Rickles 90 double the age yet Don Rickles attracted young people. John Stamos he was close with. So many young people wanted to be around him because he was so legendary, and they looked at him really as a father figure, and he really treated uh, all those, uh, those associates in that way. Here's another cut talking about uh, a dinner story that Jimmy Kimmel uh, relayed that they used to go to dinner all the time. We've been trying to book him since the beginning. We asked him to do the show 
over and over again, and he didn't know what this was. He knew the Tonight Show and Letterman, and that's it. But finally, after we bothered him like 20 times, he gave up, and he did the show for my birthday in 2006, and it was exciting. It was like I was in some kind of talk show host fantasy camp, sitting behind a desk with, while Don Rickles made fun of me. It was like, you know, being... It was like being a real talk show host for a minute, so... <laughs> and then Don came to visit 17 more times after that, and whenever he was on, we would go out to dinner. Um, we would always go out to dinner after the show, except for one night. I couldn't go because I was already going to dinner. It was like a late booking. I was going to dinner with my friend Jeff Ross, the comedian. It was his 50th birthday, and he's only in town for, like, the night. So a few days beforehand, I told Don, I can't go to dinner after the show because I already have plans. We'll go another night. I couldn't tell him I was going to another dinner with someone else, or he would bust my balls till I had none left. So I was nonspecific. I just said, I can't make it. So we made plans for another night. And after the show, I said goodbye to Don. And I went to dinner with Jeff. And Jeff and I and my cousin Sal are sitting at the table. And who walks in? <laughs> and not only walks in, is seated at the table right next to us. Is Don. He looks at me. He's like, I thought you couldn't go to dinner. And I'm like, it's his birthday. I didn't know. And he hammered me and heckled me through the whole meal. Until finally, I just got up and moved over to his table. And great story. And you could just, I can just imagine Don Rickles busting Jimmy Kimmel's balls doing that. But the whole night, I'm sure he kept going over and, and just insulting him. And his normal, that's just how he was. And the way that Don Rickles really rose to fame, he performed in, he used to say, a lot of uh, burlesque joints back in the day. And that's when they had comedians and the strippers. But he was in Miami. And his mother lived down in Miami. Always, I loved how he used to describe his mother. She was a Jewish patent. Real tough. But the way that really Don Rickles got put on the map, Frank Sinatra was performing, I believe, at the Fontainebleau, came into a uh, club in Miami afterwards, and Rickles was there on stage. So as soon as he said Sinatra came in with his buddies, he looks at Sinatra and says, Hey, Frank, make yourself at home. Hit somebody. And, of course, the other guys are looking, waiting to see what Sinatra's reaction. Are they gonna, is he going to laugh or is he going to kill Rickles? Started laughing uncontrollably. Took a liking to Rickles, and the rest is history. We've got a great audio cut we'll play when Don Rickles surprised Frank Sinatra on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. We will play that entire. We've also got a great cut of Sinatra roasting film director Martin Scorsese. The great Don Rickles. I will miss him, but he will live forever on YouTube and in our minds. The General is now on Instagram. Follow him for pictures of the latest cigars, libations, and what he's enjoying during the show. <laughs> that could be interesting, and we'll have to block out some faces. Go to Instagram and search Cigar Day. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm -hmm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper. Fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up the Diamond Crown. 
crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium Diamond Crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or Diamond Crown Lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit diamondcrown.com. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. If you can use some exotic booze There's a bar in far Bombay Come fly with me Let's fly, let's fly away Come fly with me Let's float down to Peru In Lama Land There's a one-man band And he'll toot his flute for you Come fly with me Let's take off Well, Frank Sinatra and Don Rickles had a very close, very special relationship. Frank Sinatra sees Don Rickles performing in Miami Beach. And, of course, Rickles razzes him, as I mentioned at the end of the previous segment. As soon as Rickles sees Sinatra, he says, Hey, Frank, make yourself at home. Hit someone. Sinatra loves it. And they became very close. And, uh, you know, it, it was really incredible because I remember, and I remember watching this. Again, this is probably, I was maybe in high school. Yeah, it's probably high school. And I remember seeing it announced, of course, on YouTube. And thank, thankfully, so many of Don Rickles' great interview appearances and guest appearances and late night appearances and even his act are on YouTube. And one of them is when he walked out. While Frank Sinatra was on, and I'll never forget, Frank Sinatra's got this leisure suit, you know, like four buttons opened up down to his uh, navel. He looked like uh, Tom Jones or Engelbert Humperdinck. And he's talking about something or other. Uh, Johnny Carson asked him a question, you know, who do you like to make love to? Uh, you know, who, when you are uh, making it with your wife, who, are you, who is your favorite? Because you don't listen to yourself, Frank. And he was answering, and then all of a sudden, guess who comes out unannounced? The great. Don Rickles will pick it up there. Hey, look, I know you're going to do another number with the band because I know you've got a recording session tonight. And uh, really, on behalf Don Rickles now coming out from the curtain. Don Rickles, the evening. Well, that's it for me. (laughs) Why don't you guys get with the band? (laughs) Hey, Frank, it's good to see you. Uh, I, I, I just, I just was hanging around in the hall, and I, they said Frank Sinatra's here, and I've never met him, you know. (laughs) And I get the chill. You excuse us, won't you? Certainly, certainly. Marco Mangananzo was hurt. (laughs) Marco Mangananzo. Fambino (laughs) Bombazzo. Two bullets in the head Thursday. <laughs> now this, this you don't believe. Excuse us, Johnny, you're, you're from the Midwest, you're busy going, is the truck loaded? 
Guido says hi. He hasn't had a chance to talk to you. And from Jersey City, your good friend, Bubani Umbazza. <laughs> What's he his name? He started his car. <laughs> he started his car with your album on, and now he's a highway. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. But I tell you, I'm a Jew and you're an Italian. And here we have what? <laughs> and this is a great Irishman. This is America. Yes, sir. And that's why I just want to say, before we go any further, <laughs> for 14 years, Johnny Carson kept saying, do you really know Frank? And I want you to know, Frank, I worship you and I love you. I really mean this. Because since I'm a kid, I used to blow in girls' ears and hear you go, la da da dee and do it my way. I need a girl so bad. <laughs> I love my wife, but she's ill. <laughs> but you just got married, Frank. I just can't picture him on the wedding night standing in the room going, and did it all, and I suppose it's my way. And Barbara, Barbara, his wife is going, Frank, when you get a minute. <laughs> God bless you. He just got married. Hey, all the good things. This is the most exciting night in the years that I've known Johnny Carson. He started me on this show. This is the most exciting night, and I, 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 so help me. It's a great night. He was even nervous, because he came to me and said, and I said, you are a powerhouse, and Frank, I love you. Then he goes in to kiss Sinatra. Can I, listen, can I tell a story about sure. what this man did to me once? You may have known or heard about this. It was a true story. This was a long time ago, long before Don got married. I was eating dinner in a restaurant in New York, and uh, uh, I was with, with some friends, and he came over to the table, and he said, Frank, do me a favor, will you? He said, I'm sitting with a very pretty girl, and... Uh, I'm trying to make out, you know, and he said, I told her I know you, and she really doesn't believe me. Would you stop by the table? I said, all right. I was just about finished. I was down to the espresso, and I finally he went back, and I walked by the table, and I said, how are you, Don? Nice to see you. He said, can't you see I'm eating, Frank? What are you doing? Bless <laughs> it. And I went, I went for the whole thing. You I stood with my mouth open. Absolute classic. Uh, Sinatra and, and uh, Rickles on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Now, one of the things that Rickles became known for was the Dean Martin roasts, and there were so many of them. And when you look at them today, they were politically incorrect, great entertaining television, roasts of Frank Sinatra, at the time President Ronald, well, it was Governor Ronald Reagan before he became president, and just Dean Martin, and you name it. I mean, big stars were, were roasted on a regular basis. Highly rated show. And then, of course, Don was always on there, and he was always almost at the end because he was the big hit on every single one of those roasts. And after those ended, many of his colleagues became or were honored with lifetime. By the way, if somebody says, I want to give you a life, present to you a Lifetime Achievement Award, say no. You get a Lifetime Achievement Award, it's over, or it's about to become over. Pass on it. But he would always roast whoever, whomever at these Lifetime Achievement Awards, and one in particular was actually, there were two. One was Clint Eastwood, and I'll put that on my list of great Don Rickles YouTube must-watch videos. But this one I remember as well. Martin Scorsese, the noted motion picture director, directed 
Don Rickles in the movie Casino. Rickles played one of the casino managers and played it well. And, of course, there were some big stars on that movie. And at the American Film Institute Lifetime Achievement Award honoring Martin Scorsese, Don Rickles was the finale. And it was a classic. From Casino, the pit boss of warmth. Don Rickles. It is now 11 o'clock and I'm fed up and tired. <laughs> Marty, I would address... Somebody get a phone book so you can see me. Forty million jobs in show business, I got a midget to direct me. I have regards for you, Marty, from Tony Bonini and Frankie Garzano. And they told me to tell you, you'll be dead in the morning. Marty, you are the most annoying director I ever had. In Little guy, he's the kind of guy in prison was the squealer all the time. <laughs> Pulling on your pants like going, let's do it again. I said, Marty, it's 85 times De Niro don't have it anymore. He's busy mumbling, mumbling. <laughs> Marty, when we see all the films you did, none of them were great. <laughs> none of them. I look around the room and I realize now, aside from Clint Eastwood, I'm the biggest name here. <laughs> Clint Eastwood is now thrilled his name was mentioned. <laughs> but Marty, you'll have a great future ahead of you. Maybe instead of Jesus Christ, you'll do a story about a rabbi. <laughs> A rabbi schlepping a piece of wood someplace. <laughs> Be a great story. Anyway, uh, De Niro is sitting there. God bless you, Bob. He's got the beard on. You, to, to know him is a treat. He's one of the great actors of our time. You ask him. Uh, <laughs> you ask him, he'll tell you. But Marty, from my heart, on behalf of my wife, Barbara and I, being part of Casino was a great treat. It was a Cadillac. You are a Cadillac. To me, that is the top of the industry. Wherever your wonderful mother is, who I loved and adored, as certainly you did in your family, she's watching and smiling on you. God give you the great strength and courage to continue your great work. You are special. Never forget that. You are special. God bless you, and I love you. That was the brilliance of Don Rickles. Don Rickles could gore you, tear you to pieces, really just go right after you. And then at the end, he became the mensch. And he always had kind words, genuine words, for all those people that, that he went after, even during his stage shows. If you went to any of his performances, he would go for you know almost two hours ripping everybody, every ethnic group, every religion, you name it. And people were roaring with laughter, even the people he was going after. And then at the end, he would always end it saying, I don't pick on anybody to be spirited. We just laugh at ourselves. And we're all the same. 
And this just shows we're all the same. God bless you all. I wish you all the best. Good health. And he ended every single show like that, and he was 100% sincere and 100% genuine and a real mensch. And for those of you that don't know what a mensch is, that's a Yiddish word for gentleman, a real upstanding gentleman. And he could go after you. He could rip you to shreds. And what's amazing is two years ago, there was a night, I think it was called A Night to Remember. It was uh, uh, honoring Don Rickles. And I can't remember what network it's on or was on, but it's now available, I think, on Netflix and certainly on YouTube and maybe Amazon Prime. And it was, and it, and he had just gotten out of the hospital. He was kind of ill. He had uh, some leg issues. But all the big name stars in New York turned out. I'm talking to everybody from every age group. And what was amazing is, the younger comedians and the younger actors revered Don Rickles, and how the relation you could see the relationship he had with all of them was sincere. And in fact, I remember one of the comedians who was on Saturday Night Live. And Sergeant Steve, maybe you can you can refresh my memory. I can't remember. He was in an accident. I think a Walmart truck. Uh, hit uh, hit him. Uh, he was in a bus. There were a whole bunch of people out. And Tracy Morgan, thank you, Tracy Morgan. And Tracy Morgan went up and talked about, you know, went after uh, uh, how Rickles would always razz him, whatever. But he said, the first person I got a note from and flowers while I was in the hospital was Don Rickles. And everybody, countless people, said they would always get cards or well wishes from Rickles. So he was really a classy gentleman. You know, one of a dying breed, which you don't really see. But what was amazing is the number of actors that said, you know, when I went to see him perform, when he picked on me, I loved it. When he didn't pick on me, I felt, uh-oh, this isn't good. They wanted to be picked on. And when you go to these, if you sit in the first few rows of a Don Rickles performance, you know, you know you are going to be prime real estate to get picked on by Don Rickles. He's going to go after you. And yet... People all want to sit in the front row. And it just shows you just the testament to him. It wasn't mean-spirited. Things were funny. I mean, even after a few years ago, went after Obama with a, when people say, oh, a very racially insensitive joke. But that's what Don Rickles did, and we need more of that. We need more, less political correctness, more humor. And you look at any group that, and I always say, you've got to be self-deprecating. I don't care what religious, the only religious group that's really probably not self-deprecating is are the Muslims. I mean, if you look at the extremists, they're like, oh, you can't say anything. Every other group laughs at themselves. Every other ethnic group laughs at themselves. The ones that don't are the ones you got serious problems with. And Don Rickles was just a master. He was a genius. There will be nobody like him. I will miss watching him to this day. I would, If I knew that he was going to be on late night, I wouldn't DVR it. I'd wait up to watch it. He was that big. And just so many stars. Uh, and I, one of the last things I'll say about Don Rickles, I happened to see a, a clip while I was searching the internet for some different clips on the talk, which is the CBS daytime talk show emanating out of Los Angeles. It's got uh, about five, six different women. Ozzy Osbourne's uh, wife is on there. There's Les Moonves, I can't remember, jo uh, not Joey Chen. Uh, she's on there. Uh, there's a whole bunch of people. They, and they've got Julie Chen. Thank you. Thank you, Julie Chen. Boy, did she marry well. If Don Rickles was there, boy, he would look and say, sweetheart, you married well. You married up. Les Moonves last year, I think, made, uh, what, 60 million bucks. Sweetheart, you did okay. But Ozzy Osbourne's wife, and I, I can't remember her name because I don't watch those shows, but she stopped and said, you know, we just got word that a very good friend of ours has just passed away. And she was almost in tears as well, like Jimmy Kimmel, and said, Don Rickles has just passed away. And the entire audience 
everyone, you could tell it was an upbeat when they started the show. Everyone just went, oh, you could hear it visibly people gasping. And he was on that show numerous times. I went back and looked at some of the clips and those women revered him. He would make fun of all those girls. And he they revered him. They loved him. Why? Because he was funny, but he was still a gentleman. He was still a mensch at the end. So to the great Don Rickles, 90 years of age, I will miss him. I think the entire public will miss him. And certainly I will have great memories of my father and I watching Don Rickles and calling each other, saying, you got to watch Rickles. Turn on Carson right now or turn on Tonight or turn on Late Show. Watching Don Rickles and his stuff to this day. I've seen it hundreds of times. I laughed just as hard, if not more, every time I watch it, the, the latest time than I did the first time I saw it. Don Rickles, rest in peace, my friend. When we come back, we'll dedicate our litation and libation ceremony to the great Don Rickles, a master, a legend. There will never be a comedian or a performer like him. He was by far the most elite, the creme de la creme, of comedians. I am uh, really, I'm, I'm devastated. I just loved watching him. Always love seeing his performances. So Don Rickles, your memory will live on forever. The April selection for the Cigar Dave Officers Club is the Gurkha 125th Anniversary Cigar. This medium-bodied stick encompasses a very smooth and complex taste profile with flavorful notes of rich tobacco and subtle hints of sweet spice, vanilla, and chestnut. The Gurkha 125th Anniversary Edition Cigar is a perfect smoke for any occasion. It's easy to join the Officers Club to have these cigars shipped directly to you. Just log on to CigarDave.com. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. The brand new Cigar Dave mobile app for both iPhone and Android devices is finally out. If you go right now, either to the iTunes store or the Google Play store, Search for Cigar Dave and download our brand new app. It allows you to listen to the show live on your mobile device. You can listen to all of our podcasts. The last 10 podcasts are always available. Cigar Dave Daily Briefings. Additionally, it gives you direct access within the app to our Twitter page, our Facebook page. We also have the ability for you to call the show during the show right from the app, as well as send me a text message and an email. We also put in a couple of bonus items. You can get a weather uh, uh, alert as well as an alarm clock. It is the brand new Cigar Dave mobile 
mobile app. You can listen to The Cigar Dave Show anytime, anyplace, anywhere. Go right now to the iTunes Store or Google Play Store and download the brand-new Cigar Dave mobile app. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. Well, my cigar today will honor the great Don Rickles. And I pulled a cigar out that uh, I think is much like Don Rickles' personality. It's certainly a little bit on the bold side, on the edgy side, but very refined. And that is the Arturo Fuente Magnum R. Many years developing this cigar. Carlito Fuente and Carlos Fuente Sr. at the time worked on this stick. An Ecuadorian Rosado sun-grown wrapper pulled from the lower primings of the Ecuadorian tobacco plants. Aged 10 years. Very, very rare, very delicate wrapper surrounding Dominican filler and binder. It is a medium-plus to full-bodied cigar. Has some very, very nice ring sizes, specifically some of the bigger ring sizes. They've got the Super 60, which is a 6x60. There is a Vitola 58, which is a 5 and a quarter by 58. They've also got uh, a 56, a 54, a 52. Even got a small uh, 47 ring gauge by comparison. But I have just pulled out the 58, which is a torpedo. 5 and a quarter inches in length with a 58 ring gauge. Beautiful looking cigar. Suggested retail. Very reasonably priced. $7.95. Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. Self-sharpening double-edged stainless steel guillotine ready for action. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. Nothing fancy today. Ran out of butane on my fancy Cigar Dave signature uh, lock and load. So I've got a regular store-bought flint-based butane lighter. I think it cost me $1.99. But you know what? My cigar will smoke just as well with this cheapo. Cigar Cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Perfect cut. I will gently toast the foot of this beautiful Arturo Fuente Magnum R58 Torpedo Vitola 58. Using my flint-based lighting system. Puffing and rotating. Hmm. Outstanding. Great draw, as always. Hmm. Wow. Hmm. Great flavor, great aroma. Outstanding. I've got a very important story about Arturo Fuente in the next hour. A very disconcerting story uh, that occurred this week, but we will get to that momentarily. Scotch, bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. All right, I've already poured into my snifter some Eagle Rare 10-Year Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Made by the Buffalo Trace Distillery. This is complex, nice aromas of toffee, orange peel, honey. Just a very smooth whiskey. I will take a sip. Hmm. Tell you what, for like $35 for a bottle, 
You cannot go wrong. Comes in a 10 and a 17. Go with the 10. Cannot go wrong. Perfect accompaniment to my Arturo Fuente Magnum R. Our number two is around the corner. We'll talk about what United Airlines did dragging that uh, passenger, that doctor off the plane. Unacceptable, unconscionable. Tell you about what happened to Arturo Fuente, a shipment of their cigars. We'll tell you a big announcement about the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water in the Buffalo Theater of Operations. Big announcement coming. So much more coming your way. Hour number two of the Cigar Dave Show is next. The Cigar Dave Show podcast is presented by Diamond Crown. Sit back, relax, pour a drink, and light up a Diamond Crown. As you begin the show with the general, Cigar Dave. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, U.S.A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. The foremost authority on the alpha male lifestyle, and that includes cigars, spirits, diversions, dice, dames, delicacies, grilling, barbecue, HDTVs, sports. If it involves alpha pleasure maneuvers, you will hear about it first and foremost. Front and center here on the Cigar Dave Show. We're alpha males. We don't apologize for having nads of steel. We don't kowtow and put our head between our tail and apologizing for being ultra-masculine. That is not how we roll. And we've got a big hour for you. Big story regarding Arturo Fuentes' cigars, a shipment of their cigars. We'll talk about that just absolutely lugubrious United Airlines situations. What a disaster. And we have much more coming your way, including a big announcement on the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest in August. Welcome back. Hour number two of the Cigar Dave Show, the Global Alpha, Global Five Star front and center. I have moved from the normal Command Center Alpha Theater of Operations. I'm now at the Ford Theater of Command in the Windy City of Chicago, actually overlooking Chicago O'Hare Airport, right from, they rename whatever suite I'm in, it becomes the five-star Alpha General Suite. And actually, I'm doing it right from my hotel room. And it sounds like I am right in Command Center Alpha. You cannot tell the difference. We love technology. And the technology now allows me to do the show anywhere around the world, whether it be in a bunker in Afghanistan or Iraq or Command Center Alpha, a hotel room, or anywhere around the world. If I have broadband access, then I can get broadcast alpha maneuvers underway. We welcome you. Now, big story going on this week in the world of cigars. This is a Cigar Dave's News Bulletin. Arturo Fuente receives their cigars from the Dominican Republic into Port Everglades in Fort Lauderdale. Clears customs, and then they are shipped via truck transport from 
Fort Lauderdale to their bonded warehouse in Ybor City, the Cigar City of Tampa. Well, somewhere on around early April, at least Arturo Fuente was notified on April 3rd, somewhere between Fort Lauderdale and Tampa, a 40-foot shipping container, big tractor trailer loaded with hundreds of thousands of Arturo Fuente cigars was stolen. According to Arturo Fuente, the cargo container was loaded onto a truck, a truck after it cleared customs at the port for pickup, but the truck never made it back to their warehouse, their bonded warehouse in the cigar city of Tampa. Truck was stolen. Miami-Dade police found the cab of the truck, but not the container. The FBI is involved in the investigations. Are in the investigation. No word on the value, but think about it. Hundreds of thousands of cigars. It's not just the monetary value of the cigars, but you think of the time that the tobaccos were aged. The Arturo Fuente Magnamar that I'm enjoying right now, the wrapper's aged 10 years. This Ecuadorian wrapper, this Rosada wrapper, aged 10 years. You cannot get that time back. You can't replace that with an insurance check. So when you think about it, Many of those cigars, whether they're Don Carlos or Opus X or Hemingway's, I mean, you think about when you think about what the cigar manufacturers have to contend with from the time they plant the seed of the cigar, the little tobacco seedling, you've got to deal with Mother Nature, weather, rain, excess sun, mold, other sorts of, of, of airborne diseases that affect the tobacco. Then you have to properly ferment and age these cigar tobaccos. You could have fires in the barns. Then you roll those cigars. Then you let that, those cigars sit. And then all of a sudden you ship the cigar. Now you got another thing you got to deal with, and that is the theft. Clearly, someone knew the value of those cigars. And if any retailers are listening to me, and this has happened before where there have been theft of cigars and some unscrupulous retailers have said, hey, you know what? They're authentic. I can get a good deal on them. If anybody approaches you, call the FBI. Call your local police. Do not buy those. I mean, set up a trap, set up a sting if you can. Say, hey, yeah, I'm interested. Come back, but I'll have a check for you. And call the FBI and have, their wait, have somebody waiting there from one of the law enforcement agencies. There are very, very few, a very minuscule number of retailers that would do that. The ones that would, unscrupulous, don't belong in the business. But if you're a retailer and you're approached by someone offering you a great deal on Arturo Fuente cigars, Call the FBI. Do not delay. But in an official letter to retailers, company president, owner Carlito Fuente Jr. stated, and I'm quoting here, I was stunned. This has never happened to us in over a century of business. Unfortunately, we can't replace the hundreds of thousands of cigars that were stolen, and this loss will cause more shortages of Fuente cigars this year. We will allocate our cigars in a fair manner, We've been expanding our factory in the Dominican Republic for the last two years, and we hope to increase production in the future. And some of the brands that may have been on that truck, don't know. Could be the Fuente Fuente Ovis X. Could be Arturo Fuente Don Carlos. The Arturo Fuente Hemingways. The Florafina 858s. The Arturo Fuente Chateau Series. The Rosado Sungrown Magnamar that I'm smoking today. Just unbelievable when you think about it. You get the shipment in. All that time, all that effort, all that care, all that aging. And somewhere along the line from Port Everglades to Tampa, the truck is stolen. 
inside job. There's no doubt in my mind. Not somebody from Fuente, but somebody at the port that clearly must have known what that shipment was. Could have been at the port. Could have been the trucking company. Who knows? Who knows? But somewhere along the line, there was an insider somewhere along the line. Not at Fuente, but certainly maybe from somebody that works at the port that knows what comes in. Could even be a customs inspector. I'm not pointing the finger at anybody. I'm just simply stating you got to know what was in that shipment. You don't just hijack a truck thinking, hey, what's going to be in there? Could it be boys' underwear? Could it be cigars? Could it be something of value? Clearly, somebody knew it was something of value. And where are they going to sell those? All I can say is if, if, if a retailer gets wind of somebody trying to sell them deals on Arturo Fuente cigars, I hope these clowns will be caught and these cigars will be recovered. All right, let's talk about something that has been making news. It has been big in the news. Tell you what I want to do. I want to make sure I have enough time. I want to talk about that United Airlines absolute disaster that took place last Sunday. What an embarrassment. What an embarrassment by the airline, by the Chicago aviation officers, by the gate agent, by the captain of that plane, and by the CEO, Oscar Munoz of United Airlines. When we come back, I'm going to get into and rip the shreds. United, some of these airlines, because as passengers, we have had enough. The uh, airlines sold deregular or sold consolidation as being great for the consumer. The consumers have gotten shafted, have gotten screwed, have gotten right up to you know where without the benefit of any KY. When we come back, we'll talk about the United Airlines passenger getting, uh, getting, not even removed. Just, uh, just being assaulted by some jack-booted aviation flunky Keystone cops. We'll talk about that when we return. Download the Cigar Dave mobile app for Android, Kindle, and iOS so you can listen to the general anytime, anywhere. The Cigar Dave mobile app is presented by Diamond Crown. Search Cigar Dave in the App Store today. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. The brand new Cigar Dave mobile app for both iPhone and Android devices is finally out. If you go right now, either to the iTunes store or the Google Play store, search for Cigar Dave and download our brand new app. It allows you to listen to the show live on your mobile device. 
You can listen to all of our podcasts. The last 10 podcasts are always available. Cigar Dave Daily Briefings. Additionally, it gives you direct access within the app to our Twitter page, our Facebook page. We also have the ability for you to call the show during the show right from the app, as well as send me a text message and an email. We also put in a couple of bonus items. You can get a weather uh, uh, alert as well as an alarm clock. It is the brand new Cigar Dave mobile app. You can listen to the Cigar Dave show anytime, any place, anywhere. Go right now to the iTunes Store or Google Play Store and download the brand new Cigar Dave mobile app. For your alpha male safety and sanity, the general has turned on the no nagging sign. Naggy dames may now exit the man cave. But United has turned on the assault and battery passenger sign. You may now feel free to remove passengers in a violent and destructive, harmful manner. As we listen to George Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue, for many years the theme song on the commercials of United Airlines, Fly the Friendly Skies. And when you watch the commercials, United talks about how a wonderful experience it is to fly the friendly skies as you cross the globe in luxury and comfort and great amenities. Traveling is a delight. Not so much anymore. You're packed in like sardine cans. They make the seats more uncomfortable, narrowing the backs of the seats, limiting the reclines so that basically they can jam more people in those tubes. The employees of airlines aren't happy, they're mistreated, the passengers aren't happy, and all along, the last number of years when we saw all these airline mergers, what did the airlines say? Airline consolidation will be good for the consumer. It will benefit the consumer. This will be positive for the consumer. Fares will go down. Service will improve. Baloney. The Consumers, the employees of airlines with consolidations have gotten screwed. They've gotten shafted. Flying now is no longer the friendly skies. It is horrible. The first flight I ever took was United Airlines flight number 972 from Buffalo to Miami. I think it was maybe five or six years old. Going down to Miami, Florida. United Sunbird Service left at 7 a.m. A Boeing 727. And I remember that was before jetways. And I remember sitting, looking up at the nose of that plane, saying to my father, that plane is so big. And I remember wondering what it was going to be like because everybody said, you look like little ants. And I remember practicing what it would look like jumping up on my uh, on the kitchen counters to see see if it would like you know give me a better bird's eye view what it like being what would it be like being in a plane but those were the days when flying was great you got a nice steak and eggs for breakfast the flight attendants were hot the service was great you wanted a deck of cards you wanted some wings for the kids you wanted toys oh sure we've got those it was civilized it was refined no more now let's face it it's not fun to fly. The seats are jammed. The service stinks. The food isn't good. The flight attendants are pigs. Oh, I'm going to get some, uh, some, some brushback on that. You're right. They're not pigs. They're unbelievably fat pigs. Now, I had a flight attendant who was very pleasant coming up to Chicago. But really, it was time for her to go to a home. It was over. Over a long time ago. 
And I, I'll tell you, there was something great. When you got married, you couldn't be a flight attendant anymore. Those were the good old days. Even the pilots will tell you that, the ones that aren't afraid of being politically incorrect. But what took place watching that video, I landed Monday in Chicago, and Captain Eric, my good buddy, a captain, international captain on a major airline, said, did you see, text me, did you see the United video? I said, no. Didn't go, what, what went on? He goes, go Google United passenger. I did, saw the video, I was mortified. I was horrified and mortified. Unacceptable. Now, you book a plane, you get on that seat, and you all of a sudden come on and say, we need four people, and you go and offer people an $800 voucher. Here's what you do. The way to handle that was say, we've overbooked. We need four people to voluntarily get off. We're going to start our offer at $800. Don't, don't nickel and dime people. And then if nobody takes it, say, great, $900, $1,000, There were four people on that plane that said for $1,600 and a free ticket, they would have gone. That's what United should have done. What would it have cost them? It would have cost them $6,400. Now you look and say, well, $6,400. Geez, maybe they wouldn't have made money on that flight. Well, that's their problem. They overbooked the flight. And they had four deadheading crew that they had to get back to Louisville for another flight. $6,400. How much is it going to cost United now? Forget the bad publicity. Forget the ill will. How much is it going to cost them now writing a check to the passenger who was assaulted, being dragged down the aisle like a, like a, a piece of cattle? I mean, teeth broken, concussion, bleeding from his, uh, from his lip. No, Just unbelievable. Watching that passenger being bullied, Dr. David Dow, 69 years old being treated like he's a piece of carcass, like a dead carcass. And to those three jackbooted Chicago Aviation Authority thugs, they'd all be prosecuted and put in jail. What they should have said when United said, remove him, said, I'm sorry, that's not our job. We're not going to remove him. He doesn't want to go. Start upping your offer. So what is it going to cost United after watching that press, that video and the passengers that will testify? This will never get to trial. United will write a check for 5 to $10 million dollars to Dr. Dow. Guaranteed. Mark my words. Won't be a million. Won't be two million. That gets to a jury. They're looking at 50 or 100 million dollars because a jury's going to say, we're going to show these airlines. We've gotten treated poorly. We're tired of how they treat us. We're going to send a message. And even on appeal, United will have to put up a big bond. Then United will probably settle it. So let's say it goes to trial, which it never will. And they get a verdict for 50 million. Very likely possibility. Maybe more. United has to put up a, a surety bond to be able to appeal it. That's number one. But United will say, okay, we'll settle it for 15 or 20 million. We'll never get to that point. They're going to write a check for five to 10 million. And I go back to how much it would have cost them if they would have taken up the offer by the four passengers that said, pay us 1600 plus give us the, round, the ticket for the next flight, $6,400. We'll call it a day and we'll voluntarily get off. You tell me what was cheaper. But watching how this took place, and again, the stupidity of the gate agents, not to say, you know what, we're going to break company rules. This is where going by the book is dangerous. And this is where companies need to start allowing people to be more alpha and take decisions and take authority. And as an alpha, I always believe power is never earned. Power is taken. Now, all this person would have had to do to empower herself 
she wouldn't have had to call up the headquarters. She should have just taken it. And if the airline says, well, listen, you didn't have authority, I would have said, well, you know what the alternative was? We we're going to have to drag someone off. Well, now you get to see in real life exactly what took place. This gentleman was dragged off, beaten, assaulted, and victimized. I go back to the power issue. This gate agent or the, or the manager on duty should have said, it's our problem. Get those passengers. Get them the $1,600 vouchers. Let's get them off. Let's get this plane moving. And where the hell was the captain? Now, Captain Sy and Captain Eric, who are great friends and great flying mentors to me, I've learned incredibly, incredible amounts of information as a pilot myself from them. Uh, and, and, and I take pride in the fact that I fly like a professional. I don't fly like a private pilot. I have checklists and procedures and systems just like the airline guys do. But one of the things that both Captain Eric and Captain Sy have told me is today's pilot, the pilots that are up and coming, are wussified beta in nature. It's not like the alphas, uh, the previous captains, where would say, I'm, inter I'm, I'm interjecting myself here. What's going on? Well, these pa we're going to have to get these passengers off because we can't get volunteers. He should have said, I don't give a damn. You get that offer raised. You're not taking anybody off unless they voluntarily get off. It's our company's problem. Fix it. That's all the captain would have had to say. And if there would have been a problem, his union would have stood behind him. Period. End of discussion. But today's pilots, and you look at them, they're wearing the little plastic watches. They're not wearing the nice watches. They're wearing the little plastic with the little timers. They're wussified betas. When a flight dispatcher gives them a fuel order, and this is a true story, when a flight dispatcher gives them a fuel order, what happens is they get this fuel order and it looks and they say, okay, great. Uh, we allocate 30,000 pounds of fuel for this trip. Okay. The captain looks at that and has, you know, reviews the flight plan, reviews the wind. Experienced captain should know and say, listen, I'm looking at the winds. There could be a hold or some weather. You know what? I want another 15,000 pounds of fuel on there. Now, an alpha captain will call up to dispatch and say, put another 15,000 pounds of fuel. Now, the dispatcher will say, well, captain, I've calculated it, and you only need 30,000. At which point, an alpha captain will say, what did I just tell you? Put 15,000 more pounds of fuel. The captain always has the final say. And the flight dispatcher would say, yes, sir, captain. But you know what today's beta wussified captains are doing? They're looking, saying, okay, whatever you say. They get a little blowback, forget it. So we are living in a wussified beta society. The gate agent exhibited beta tendency. The captain was nowhere to be found. Nobody took power. Remember, alphas, remember this. Power is never earned. Power is taken. I always believe, act, and if you get in trouble, respond later. Don't ask for permission first. When we come back, we'll finish up this story because the way the United CEO handled it reekings of a wussified beta and this clown had a heart transplant and i'll tell you what i think what kind of heart was transplanted who it came what body it came from no bull we'll continue the united airlines debacle what a disaster be alpha and there's another story now coming out about another guy that got kicked off a flight more around the corner never miss a minute of the show when you download the cigar dave mobile app for apple android and kindle devices you can listen to our 24 7 continuous stream of the latest show or download the recent podcasts to listen to anytime on your mobile device get the cigar dave mobile app in the app store search cigar dave
The April 2017 Officers Club selection is the Gurkha 125th Anniversary Cigar. It is a fantastic cigar with loads of richness, loads of taste, loads of boldness. It features an oily Cubra Brazilian Habano wrapper accompanied by an Ecuadorian Habano binder and a complex combination of Nicaraguan, Brazilian, Dominican fillers. It is medium to full-bodied, smooth, nice hints of spice and vanilla, just a wonderful cigar. Now, if you are not a member of my Officers Club, what the hell are you waiting for? Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and join. Get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars every single month, $22.95 shipped to you. We've got all sorts of brands and flavor profiles this month, the April 2017 selection, a winner, the Gurkha 125th anniversary. CigarDave.com slash Officers Club. Join now. Arriving as a wussified beta male. Departing as a certified alpha male. Cigar Dave, mission accomplished. Well, if you travel on United, you could arrive as a battered and bruised black and blue passenger dragged off a plane. What took place to Dr. Dow? Unacceptable. Period. End of discussion. Now, Oscar Munoz, who came to power at United, he was actually on the board. The previous CEO was ousted after a little scandal involving supposed uh, bribery maneuvers at Newark Airport. So they brought this guy in. He was uh, COO of one of the railways, I think CSX, down in Jacksonville. And they brought this guy in, supposedly a great executive, and tried to improve morale with employees. Made four different statements. Now, after this video went viral, all of a sudden, you had the first comment, Midday Monday, by Oscar Munoz, the chief executive officer. And this is what he said, and I quote, This is an upsetting event to all of us here at United. I apologize for having to reaccommodate these customers. Stop right there. I apologize for having to reaccommodate these customers. How about I apologize for the way it was handled? Unacceptable. I'm outraged. I'm embarrassed. I'm disgusted. I, 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 I reach out. I apologize to Dr. Dow. He was treated inhumanely, unacceptable, and I'm immediately going to reach out to him, and I'm going to make sure this never happens again. In fact, better yet than a statement, why don't you have a big set of balls? and get in front of a microphone, and why don't you be authentic, and why don't you look into those cameras like a real alpha CEO and say, we screwed up, and show a little bit of outrage. Because if I was a CEO and I get this on my desk, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to start whipping off every damn profane expletive you can imagine. Of course, when I do, when I do use profanity, I do use it very eloquently, just like General George S. Patton. But I would have immediately said, I want to talk to the gate man. I said, you get her on a goddamn plane here right now. Get her on a plane. I want to talk to her. I want to talk to the captain. I want to talk to everybody involved, period. You bring him in. And I don't care if she's not scheduled to work for three days. You go get a car and you bring her over here, period. That's how you react. 
Instead, this is an upsetting event to all of us here at United. I apologize for having to reaccommodate these customers. Our team is moving with a sense of urgency to work with the authorities and conduct our own detailed review of what happened. We're also reaching out to this passenger to talk directly to him and further address and resolve this situation. Oscar Munoz, Chief a, a CAO, Chief Officer, United Airlines. Because that's what this guy is. And by the way, he had a heart transplant a year ago in January, and it is now being discovered that the, the person whose, whose heart that he received was a former uh, Gestapo agent. Because clearly how he responded to this is exactly how a dumbass Gestapo agent would react. So Munoz, first of all, if I'm the board, chairman of the board, I bring his ass in and I go, Munoz, you're done. Finished. This is not how a CEO acts. And you don't need to go to CEO school, or you don't need to have some expert tell you how to deal with this. And I'd like to know, you're reaching out? How about you pick up the phone, you schmuck? So that was the first, that was the first statement midday Monday. And as all of us that have traveled on airlines, we are fed up. We are sick of how these airlines treat us. And then the threat that, well, if you disagree, then that is interfering with a flight crew, and we'll call the authorities. Screw you. Screw you, American. You, United. Well, Delta's pretty good. I haven't had any really issues with Delta because one of the things they did last week, and I talked, I, I want to get to this. I, let me hold on what Delta did because they had some similar situations occur last week, but it's amazing how both airlines handled it. Delta had no issues. I'll get to that after this. But to me, that statement by Munoz, that's a, that's a fireable offense. And if I'm the board, I convert, I convene an emergency meeting and say, this is unacceptable. We've got to start looking at this. And what has to happen is that... The Democrats called for immediate House hearings. The Republicans, I didn't hear anything. This is not a this is not a, a, a political issue. This should not be this should be nothing but a a common sense issue for both Democrats and Republicans. And Representative Schuster, who by the way is stooping, one of the people over at the Airlines for America, which is the trade group of the airlines, has been very very pro airline and very anti consumer, trying to really screw the airline consumer. Why? Again. He's stooping his girlfriend or Mr. Whatever it is. The gal he's stooping is, is, the, uh, is one of the uh, head executives over at Airlines for America, the trade group of the airlines. That's fact. So he's in no rush to call anything. But this isn't a Republican or a Democrat issue. This is a common sense issue, bipartisan issue. And if the Republicans don't act, then shame on them. Because the Republicans can't stand behind. This is not an issue where you say, well, we're pro-business. You know what? I'm pro-business too, but the way this gentleman and all airline passengers have been treated for the last 10 years has been horrible and horrendous. I've seen it. I've witnessed it. You've witnessed it. You've experienced it. I've experienced it. We're fed up. We're fed up. And this is going to be the camel that broke the straw's back, mark my words. Now, what happened an hour later after Munoz comes out and apologized for having to reaccommodate these passengers, not for having to kicking the living daylights out of this passenger and dragging them down like a piece of dead, dead cattle, an hour later sends an email to the employees. And I love when people, when, when, when CEOs say, dear team, that is the biggest load of bull. We've got to call everybody team members, not dear employees or fellow employees, dear team. I can't stand when executives use that. It's the dumbest greeting there is. But he says, dear team, like you, I was upset to see and hear about what happened last night aboard United Express Flight 3411 headed from Chicago to Louisville. 
While the facts and circumstances are still evolving, especially with respect to why this customer defied Chicago aviation security officers the way he did, geez, how about because he was seated on the flight and you were too damn cheap to up your offer to get four volunteers that would have gone off the plane at 1600 and then your guys came in and dragged them forcibly. You've got to see why he defied Chicago aviation security officers. Again, Oscar Munoz, Example number two, why he's a dumb schmuck. So he says, uh, why this customer defied Chicago aviation security officers the way he did to give you a clearer picture of what transpired. So I've included below a recap from the preliminary reports filed by our employees. As you will read, this situation was unfortunately compounded when one of the passengers we politely asked to deplane refused, and it became necessary to contact Chicago aviation security officers to help. Wait a minute. We politely saying, excuse me, sir, you're seated. We want you to get off. We want to delay your trip. I know you got to get home, but we don't care. But we're being polite. Please, don't insult every traveling passenger, every American, or every person that's ever got on an airplane. What a load of bull. Our employees followed established procedures for dealing with situations like this. Ah, lowballing and not allowing your, your, your employees to offer more, to voluntarily get people off. Again, Oscar. CEO of United, how much by your employee following your stupid archaic rules, how much is it going to cost you? Could it cost you 6400 pittance. Now it's going to cost you five, ten million, maybe more. Good. He says, while I deeply regret this situation arose, I also emphatically stand behind all of you, and I want to commend you for continuing to go above and beyond to ensure we fly right. This is the biggest cop-out line I've ever heard. Oh, I'm going to show every all employees that I'm behind them. You know, even the employees I talked to, I know a few that work for United, told me that they were mortified by what happened. And when they told me they got this email, they couldn't believe it. They said, hey, those employees were not right. They, they have cast a black eye, literally, on all of us. He says, I do, however, believe there are lessons we can learn from this experience. No shiatsu, really. And we're taking a close look at the circumstances surrounding this incident, treating our customers and each other with respect and dignity is at the core of who we are. And we must always remember this, no matter how challenging the situation, Oscar. Yeah. Oscar, the, not the grouch, Oscar, the schmuck. Then he shows, then uh, they, they, they state on the email, a summary. Now, a third statement was sent to employees Tuesday afternoon. It says, dear team, the truly horrific event that occurred on this flight has elicited many responses from all of us. Outrage, anger, disappointment. I share all of those sentiments and one above all. My deepest apologies for what happened. Like you, I continue to be disturbed by what happened on this flight and I deeply apologize to the customer forcibly removed and to all the customers aboard. No one should ever be mistreated this way. Wait a minute. The day before... After you gave a half-assed, insincere apology for having to reaccommodate some passengers, you didn't really apologize for what happened. You sent an email to your employees an hour later, Monday afternoon, saying the employees took away this belligerent passenger and did the right thing. Now, all of a sudden, he's had an epiphany. And now, all of a sudden, he's outraged. He's angry. He's disappointed. And, and, and he shares his deepest apologies. Why weren't you angry, outraged, and disappointed when you first saw that video, you dumbass putz? He goes on to say, I want you to know that we take full responsibility. We will work to make it right. Oh, you're going to be working all right. Signing that check for $10-plus million to Dr. Dow. 
He said, it's never too late to do the right thing. I've committed to our customers and our employees that we're going to fix what's broken so this never happens again. This will include a thorough review of crew movement, our policies for incentivizing volunteers in these situations, how we handle oversold situations, and an examination of how we partner with airport authorities and local law enforcement. We'll communicate the results of our review by April 30th. I promise you we will do better. Sincerely, Oscar. How lovely. Now all of a sudden they're going to review. They're going to incentivize volunteers better. They're going to handle oversold situations better. Again, has never stepped up to the microphone like a real alpha with big nads. Even when you're wrong, you step up. Sean Spicer, the press secretary, made a dumbass, stupid reference regarding Adolf Hitler. Stupid saying that even Adolf Hitler didn't use chemical weapons. Yeah, he did. He used Zyklon B. As soon as I heard that, I was mortified. Stupid comment, but I'll give you this. He came right out. <clears throat> he didn't issue a statement. He went out and met with every single member of the news media, print as well as on all. He was on Wolf Blitzer. He was on CNN. He was on Fox. He was on, he was on AB, all the networks, like an alpha with real nads of steel, and said, there is no excuse. I was wrong, and I sincerely apologize. And I realize that it was offensive, especially on this Passover week. It was offensive, and I was wrong. And he said it emphatically, and sincerely. You knew he wasn't BSing. That's what you do. Look, I had a, uh, a, uh, the uh, head of school where I went to in Buffalo. And he always used to say, when anybody would make a mistake, bring us in or whatever, and he'd always show it to us. And he, trust me, I was in there many times. And he would always say to me, look at he said, you see this pencil? I'd say, yep. You know why there's an, eras uh, an eraser on the end of this pencil? Because we all make mistakes. Nobody's perfect. That's why we put erasers on pencils. We all make mistakes. It's how you handle the mistakes. If he would have immediately come out, Oscar Munoz, get up to cameras and said, Honestly and sincerely, no prepared text, no notes, look in the cameras, and just said, as the chief executive officer of United, I saw that video yesterday. I was mortified. I was horrified. I was angry. I was upset. You name the emotion. I was just pissed off. What happened to Dr. Dow is unacceptable, ever on our airline. The way that our employees handled it was wrong. The way the Chicago Aviation Authority was wrong. The way that our captain was not involved was wrong. And I'm going to find out we need to examine this policy and we need to make sure this never happens again. I want to say to every passenger that has flown United or will fly United, I apologize and I'm going to tell you this will never, ever happen again under my watch. Ever, ever, ever. And I'm going to reach out personally. And I've already reached. He should have said, I've already reached out to Dr. Dow. We're going to make this right and make him hold. This is unacceptable. And I will make sure this never, never, this truly horrific mark on our airline never happens again. That's what you do. And you take every question that comes to you and you be honest. You know you're going to get sued anyway. So you may as well be honest. That's what you do as a, as a senior executive. That's what leaders do. And he didn't. When we come back, I'll tell you the final statement that he made, posted on the company's website Thursday. Again, still hasn't gone in front of the cameras. But when we come back, I'm also going to fill you in. We've got a very big announcement. We've got the date, the location for the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water, Buffalo Theater of Operations. Big announcement coming your way 
next. Final concluding segment of this edition of the Cigar Dave Show comes your way next, and I will guarantee you, I will not drag you from this show screaming and kicking like a dead cat piece of cattle. That will never happen. I only treat our alphas and our lieutenants with the utmost respect. Wussified beta males, enemies of pleasure, not so much. The Cigar Dave Officers Club selection this month is the Gurkha 125th Anniversary Cigar. This medium-bodied stick is made in honor of its 125th anniversary. This Gurkha cigar features an oily Cubra Brazilian Habano wrapper accompanied by an Ecuadorian Habano binder and a complex combination of Nicaraguan, Brazilian, and Dominican fillers. Not a member of the Officers Club? Get premium cigars shipped directly to you every month by signing up today at Cigar Dave.com. Okay, people, we've just been awarded the Brickhouse Ad Account. Now, this cigar was named Best Bargain Cigar of 2009 by Cigar Aficionado, got a 91 rating, plus it's the hottest cigar on the market. So, we need an award-winning slogan. He's a brick. How? What about, it's not your grandfather's cigar? Ah, it's been done. Next. How about good to the last draw? Ah, something original, people. You deserve a brick today? Who are you? Do you even work here? Excuse me, sir. Am I to understand that every Brickhouse cigar is built with all the flavor and quality of the premium cigars of yesteryear? Yesteryear? Really? That's right, Bixby. But yeah, it costs around five bucks each. Indeed. Well, sir, people don't really need a slogan. They don't? No, sir. Then what do they need? Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Five bucks and a comfortable chair, genius! Meet the perfect cigar to share with friends. Brickhouse by J.C. Newman. Handmade in Nicaragua with a fine Havana Subido wrapper. Brickhouse starts out earthy and crisp and burns well-rounded and smooth. Nothing stands the test of a good time like a Brickhouse. For more, visit BrickhouseCigars.com. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. Like a mighty oak, standing in the face of gale-force winds of political correctness, it's the General Cigar Dave. All right, I want to wrap up this United uh, story. So on Thursday, and by the way, we've got a big announcement on the Alpha Pleasure Fest, Western New York Theater of Operations in August. We'll get to that before the end of the show, remaining moments. On the United Airlines website Thursday, 
Another statement is made by the company and Oscar Munoz, and it says, we continue to express our sincerest apology. Oh, by the way, this was after Dr. Dow's new, newly hired uh, attorney went on to have a, uh, a big, uh, Thomas Demetrio had a big uh, a press conference talking about it and had his daughter there and, and really you know, went after United and the airlines in general. So United came out with a statement. We continue to express our sincerest apology to Dr. Dow. We cannot stress enough that we remain steadfast in our commitment to make this right. Oh, they will be writing a big check. They'll make it right. This horrible situation has provided a harsh learning experience from which we will take immediate concrete action. We have committed to our customers and our employees that we're going to fix what's broken so this never happens again. First, we are committing that United will never ask law enforcement officers to remove passengers from our flights unless it's a matter of safety and security. Second, we've started a thorough review of policies that govern crew movement, incentivizing volunteers in these situations, how we handle oversold situations, and an examination of how we partner with airport authorities and local law enforcement. Third, we will fully review and improve our training programs to ensure our employees are prepared and empowered to put our customers first. Our values, not just systems, will guide everything we do. We'll communicate the results of our review and the actions we will take by April 30th. United CEO Oscar Munoz and the company called Dr. Dow on numerous occasions to express our heartfelt and deepest apologies. How swell. Well, United, a correction, Delta Airlines had the same situation last week. In Atlanta, major thunderstorms rolled through the south, delays, backups, canceled flights, costing the airline $150 million in revenue. People were overbooked situations throughout their system. Thousands and thousands. I think there were probably, you know, 40, 50,000 passengers that they had to re, you know, move. And of course, with less airplanes and smaller airplanes, you don't have the capacity. So what happens? you got to start resorting to seeking volunteers who will give up their seats so that they're not denied boarding and what took place at United. So how did Delta handle that situation? Well, they were proactive. Before, As soon as passengers got out there, first there was a sign saying we're overbooked. Please see the gauge agent if you would be interested in compensation uh, at another flight. And they were generous. Delta's CEO and Delta's senior management didn't say, listen, start lowballing them at $200, $400. They were offering people immediately without any delay $800, $1,000, $1,200, some up to $1,400, $1,500 in American Express gift cards and Best Buy gift cards and Target gift cards and other gift cards. They were also making sure people got hotels, meal vouchers, transportation vouchers, and a flight on the next available flight, whether it was in a day or two days. There was an article I read that we will link to uh, on social media and cigardave.com. A woman was going from New York down to Florida with her husband and her uh, daughter, I believe, ended up getting bumped twice. She played the system, got $11,000 in American Express gift cards, which is a credit card. So you want to go buy a big screen TV? You want to take a trick somewhere? trip somewhere? That is legit cash, $11,000. And they refunded her tickets. And she said, hey, they were very generous. I went up. I, I, I negotiated a little bit. I said, I'll, I'll leave for $1,500. The other one said, uh, well, 1000 They met at $1,250. little negotiation. But you didn't hear one person complaining. Why? Because Delta handled it appropriately. Now I know what United stands for. Unfortunately, nobody intelligent thinks except Delta. 
That's what United stands for. And United was a premier airline. But going back now 20 years, about 20, 22 years, United has labor problems. They have had union issues, disgruntled employees, bad service. Then they merged with Continental. And Continental service was excellent. Love taking Continental. But this is where we are in the state of airlines in the United States. All right, big announcement. We have the date location for the 2017 Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water in the Buffalo Theater of Operations. It will be Saturday, August 12th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Buffalo Riverworks, right where we had it last year. Same exact place. Buffalo Riverworks, Saturday, August 12th. Tickets will go on sale probably mid-May, but mark your calendars so you know. Lieutenant Cigar Dave the General. Say, Mayor Humidor, always be full. Mayor Cutter, always be sharp. Mayor Ashby, extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio, always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make America great again. Boycott United. Clean up your act, airlines. We as passengers are sick and tired of getting treated like bad cattle. Enough already. If not, Congress should step in.